This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 141. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. I'm joined once again by Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited about our topic today, so I'm really good. I really am too. I, I think this is a very important topic, one that I think I've dismissed maybe in the past, but I think it's a primary thing to get right. So this is a show about colored pencil, and we discuss, wait for it, colored pencils and we discuss <laughs> art business and we discuss things surrounding the artist. So Lisa, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk a bit about how your mindset and how you view things can set you up for success or failure. You know, I used to think about things regarding mindset as just kind of hooey hooey stuff. Yes, me too. And, you know, and I thought, oh, please, I want to get to the, you know, the brass tacks of things. I want some pragmatic, you know, practical advice, things that I can just uh, implement and follow, and that'll make a difference. And I don't know if it's just uh, comes with age or whatever. You start realizing, hey, you know, it really does matter. The way you frame things in your mind really, really does it, make a huge It really difference. does. It's funny. I've had people comment on my videos where I, I talk about motivational stuff. And they'll go, oh, it sounds like you just watched such and such, insert name of any motivational speaker here. And it's yeah, like, you, yeah, you exactly. realize they're all saying the same thing because it's true. Because it's true. And right. it's funny. It's like, I've never even watched a, mo like, I don't watch motivational speakers. I don't know a whole lot about them. But when someone will say, right. hey, this person talked about that, and I'll go and look it up. And it's like, oh, they did. See, it's not just something I invented. It's true. Yeah. Now, one of the things, and uh, we're going to get into uh, some very uh, specific things here. But one of the things that I've adopted several years ago, and it has served me well, uh, especially with my art business, is I get up extra, extra early, uh, unless I'm just sick or dog tired. But I get up very early. I have an appointment with myself and, you know, I sit there and I have some specific things that I go over and that I do to frame my day correctly, to be able to start off on the right foot and to be able to think through certain things and to review my goals and look at, you know, everything that I've got going on and what, what my plans are. Several years ago, you couldn't have convinced me <laughs> to do that no matter what you said. But yeah, yeah, I've really learned that the way that you view things matters. Um, I, mm -hmm. I've seen this with my grandmother. Um, I love my grandmother. She's one of the most negative people in the world. And it's like, she'll experience something and I will experience it. I will be thrilled and happy because everyone was happy and everything was good. And she will find and nitpick the <laughs> negative and that's all she sees. And it ruins the entire day of what she could have otherwise enjoyed. But I mean, it just... Yeah. The way that you sounds use like something. my mother, exactly <laughs> like my mom. The way that my mom has to remind me every time I talk to her on the phone. She goes, "You know, I'm about to die, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." You uh, tell me every yep. few seconds, you know, because <laughs> I'm, you know, I've got one foot on a banana peel, the other one in the grave. So it's, and then <laughs> when you view things that way, though, you don't enjoy the right now. You don't enjoy what you have right now. I mean, yeah. and you can take the same situation or the same. Um, I mean, here. 
years ago, I had a cat and I decided to get a second cat. And the second one I adopted, I was working in an animal hospital. It was a stray, black cat, real sweet cat. Oh, that cat and my cat did not get along. So problem number one, we turned into just nonstop wars. This black cat would throw itself. I had a, a saltwater reef tank at the time, would throw herself, just launch herself at the reef tank. The whole tank could be sliding back and forth. And I'm just going, oh God, I couldn't keep her between that. You know, the, the, she was very... She, well, she was the worst cat I ever owned. That doesn't mean she was a bad cat. In my view, what I needed, <laughs> she did, well, that and the fighting with my other cat. The people yeah. who ended up getting her found her, to, they they viewed it differently. The, that same cat's behavior with somebody else or in another situation, they said she was the best cat they'd ever owned. Same situation, you so know, same weird. cat. Yeah. It was the same yeah. cat. Another way you can go through things like, I, many of I you guys cats. know, this year, <laughs> this year I went through three surgeries starting last June. It was kind of a nightmare. There wasn't a lot of positive around the situation to start with. And I'm not going to lie, the first couple of weeks, you know, being stuck in bed and not really being able to get work done. And I, I'm used to being a bit of a workaholic. Well, before I've lessened that a bit now. But I real, you know, you start to get depressed. You start to look at all the negatives of the situation. And once I realized I was doing that, I was able to turn it around and go, okay, no, I'm not do. I am not living like that. So even because I, I didn't know if I was going to get better for sure. I mean, I knew I'd live. I just didn't know how what my quality of life was going to be, whether I healed and all of that. So I started thinking, okay, what are my backup plans? What can I do in spite of that? What can, how can this benefit me? And one of the big things for me where I turned it around is started looking at, you know what? Maybe I want a different schedule. Maybe I can make my videos even better than they were. Maybe I can take a step back, take this time and really reflect on what I'm doing. Because I started out looking at what I'm missing out on, what I'm not doing. I'm not getting my work done. I'm not getting enough videos done. And I, you start to think, well, wait, how can I twist how I'm looking at that same situation? Nothing changed except the way I viewed it. And it changed both. I mean, I was suddenly a lot happier. I was excited. I started taking notes on different things I wanted to improve on. Different, you know, how how could I help more people? How could I make better videos for them? How can I do all of this? And I was able to take that situation that was really not fun and come up with tons of ideas because of it that I otherwise wouldn't have. So it really wasn't that bad that all that happened. But just You know, when you reframe things like that, Lisa, that that's really the key to it, I think, too. You reframe it and you ask that question, you create an open loop in your mind. You didn't you didn't ask, okay, I'm stuck, blah, blah, blah. You ask a question, what can I do? And then fill in the blank. It doesn't really matter what follows that, as long as you start with that. What can yes. I do? What you know because then it reframes it to where there's an open loop and immediately your mind starts to try to figure out what you can do, what your options are. And you, uh, am you I start going coming to, up with so many ideas yeah, once you open yeah, you those do. floodgates. Oh, my gosh. Yep, I couldn't exactly. sleep. I was so excited about some of these ideas. Right. Yeah. When you realize and when you tell yourself, hey, this this isn't the way it has to be in this other area. I have agency in one area over here or more areas. Usually it's several areas in our life. I have agency. I am able to affect something over here. I'm able to change something. I'm able to, you know, work something over here. I'm able to affect something. That that just that's a really big deal. And this can apply whether you're you're looking at your art business or let's say mm -hmm. you're a hobby artist and you just want to improve your work. The, the, what we're talking about today can apply to any situation, just think about that. I mean, as we talk about this, kind of think about different situations that you're in and that you're going through, whether it's improving your work or your own business. How can you right. mold your own situation to benefit yeah, maybe from Maybe you, you know, and yeah, like you said, it, it can apply to so many things. I mean, 
think about whatever it is you're you're wanting to work on maybe in this new year especially maybe you're wanting to create a body of work that you haven't done in the past maybe you're wanting to explore a new medium maybe you're wanting to get into a gallery maybe you're wanting to start a youtube channel maybe you're wanting to start a blog maybe you're wanting to set up you know your uh, studio for the first time or whatever it is yeah kind of reframe it and think of those things uh when we're talking through some of these things here the first one I have to tell you to kind of lead up to this a bit of a story about my husband and uh, drives me crazy. Moving with my husband, not fun. My husband can't prioritize things. I love the man, but dear God, he cannot prioritize things. So when we move, every time we move, he waits to the last minute. He knows months in advance we're moving. He never packs his stuff. He leaves it. He plays video games and then he panics when it's time to move. So it kind of, I always think about this, like, and, and this is just typical for him. He, uh, he, we're moving the last, one of our last moving days. We had one more run that we could get stuff from our previous location to our current location. And we just needed, I had most of my stuff already moved over because it had already been packed. I'm, I'm big on preparing and being ready for things. Him, not so much. So anyway, I go in, I'm waiting for him to pack stuff up. I'm like, I have moved so many boxes at this time. I'm exhausted. So I'm sitting out of the truck waiting for him. He's not coming out. I get frustrated. I go in. He's sitting on his bedroom floor. It looks like an episode of Hoarders at this point. He's sitting on the bedroom floor with a an old, old, tiny, I, I don't even know if you'd call it. was something between a laptop and a Chromebook. It was neither. I don't know what you would call these little things. Sorting through the files on it, deciding what he wanted to keep or not. Put it in a box and take it with you and decide later. Or you could have done this months ago. But it's like, this is not important. We have very little daylight left. Let's get this last load over there. But he instead is sitting in the middle of a room surrounded by just junk, fussing over something that doesn't matter. And I have it, it's something that I see a lot where artists will do this in their own career. So let's mm-hmm. say you're trying to get a logo done. You need to get your business cards printed. You know that this is something that you want to do. But you end up spending three months worrying about a logo this picking the correct font yeah like this does it's not that important you can worry about that later redesign it later get some business cards done for now i mean maybe don't print a million of them in case because you probably will change your mind but get some now that you at least Mm -hmm. have it done get you have to get the work done you can't just sit around focusing on the little things that don't matter the the things that aren't helping you and I got to tell you, if you do not prepare and write the goal down, write whatever the objective is, uh, this is what you'll fall into. This is the trap. Is okay. what what will happen is you'll focus on minutia. You'll focus on something that isn't important because it's a fancy way to procrastinate. Yes, um, is but just you to feel look like you're something. still doing something. Yeah, you feel, yeah you get the endorphin release because uh, you're doing something. You know, it's not important, but you're doing something, and you trick your you're tricking your mind into thinking that you're accomplishing whatever the real task is, and you're really not doing that. But if you write something down and then write just the next few steps that will get you closer to whatever that goal is. And they can be tiny, tiny steps, but they have to be the correct steps, the ones that will get you closer to accomplishing whatever it is. Write those down and then cross those off. Start working on that. But you got to write some of this down, at least externalize it somehow. Get it out of your brain and off, you know, in, in, I don't know, in a Google Doc or a calendar or whatever. It doesn't really matter, but you have to you have to be organized a little bit. There, some of that stuff. There are two things that I've seen happen a lot when it comes to art itself, not business side. I remember I had mm-hmm. one student who would waste half the class organizing her pencils each week. 
or sharpening them. Yeah, or- I'm like work. Just get started. But she would procrastinate. She didn't want to start. And she would just sit there. Lining them up. Yeah. Like, you're not getting anything done. I also, what was the other example? Sorry. Dusting. or um, No, there was another good one. Um, using oh, your brush. The other, the, another good one is when you end up spending two weeks looking through reference photos, trying to find the, fer- the perfect project. Oh, Just yeah. pick one and draw. Honestly, yeah. by the time you finish that, two weeks later, you're ready for your next one. But you just got a piece of right. artwork done instead of deciding on one for two weeks. You're still in the mm-hmm. same place, but now you have another piece of art completed. So don't don't waste your time on these little things that are just not helping you move forward. Focus on what matters. Make that list John was talking about. Get your the important things written down and focus on those, not the teeny yeah. tiny computer that you can just throw in a box and deal with later. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and with regard to trying to find the perfect reference photo and things like that, uh, just be hyper aware of what's really going on in your head because sometimes it's just because of fear. Yeah. Um, you're you're fearing that you're just going to mess it up or something like that. Or this and one the looks best too hard. To do, I want to do yeah, this, but yeah. it looks too hard. Yeah. Do it the anyway. best thing to do is push through, balls to the wall, and get it done. You know, Just start working on it. That's the best thing to do. All right. So our next one, stop looking for the big break. So what do we mean by that? So, it you know, fit this into whatever whatever you want. So maybe you're thinking, oh, I'm going to release an epic uh, blog post and it's going to be look like a little mini book and it'll go viral or a video will go viral or whatever it is. Or I'm going to paint, you know, the the master color pencil piece of all time. Everyone will see it. Their jaw will drop. Uh, That'll get me in uh, some gallery or or something like that. Um, Maybe you want to start your email list and you want to get interested parties on your email list so that you can communicate uh, with with, uh, people and or what, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is. The thing is, you this is this isn't what happens. What usually happens is you start from ground zero. You start somewhere and then you start building and it's small tiny steps along the way that gets you to where you want to be. It's it's not some huge step. You take a small step right now. The the point is you take the small steps. You start and you begin. If you are intimidated by looking at some other artists and the success that they may have in whatever area you want to focus on, uh, and then you make an excuse and say, well, they got a big break because they got helped in this way or in that way. The truth of the matter is, yes, there's probably some luck involved, no matter what we're talking about with anything in life. But lucky people are always in the right spot at the right time. So you prepare yourself by making small steps in the right direction to be in the right spot so that certain good things can happen. And it's never a big, huge step or someone got a lucky break. That's never the way those no, things No, it's not like getting a lucky, a good role in a, a movie or something like that. Right, and now people right. know who you were and no one knew who they were before that. That's not how it works with art. Not with, let's say you won a great prize at a gallery show. You won first place. Okay, great for that day. Hey, yeah. you may even What's bask in that sunlight though? for another week or two. That's it. Right, the, right. Then what? What's next? What's your next break going to be? It's going to be yeah. a lot of little breaks. No one mm-hmm. big break. A lot of lots of wins, not one win. You have that. A lot of people think that if they've got a YouTube channel, if they could just get one video to go viral, that would make it for them. Well, no, because if people went back to your channel and you don't have a whole lot of other good content, they're not going to subscribe because of one video. Some will. Most won't. If you really want to grow, you've got to have a lot 
lot of little wins constantly. You can't look for one break. You need to constantly be looking for the next break after that. And then the next break after that, it's a whole bunch of little ones. Never, ever one big one. Never sit around waiting for that to happen. Because first off, if you're sitting around waiting for something to happen, it's not going to anyway. You have to go out there and do the work. But you have to do a lot of work. I mean, any single successful artist, how many paintings or drawings have they completed? How many times have they gotten themselves published on a good blog post in a magazine? How many times were they involved in big, big things? They are constantly putting themselves back out there. There's no one big event that is going to make you, make it. I mean, it's good yeah. to have a big, you know, when you have a big, what we would call a big win or whatever, but you have to have a lot of those to keep going. One is not going to pay your bills long term. And I, I think, I think it's even the wrong uh, question or the wrong way to even frame it or look at it because if that is your your motivation, it should not be your motivation. If your why is, you know, if you think about the the motivation, the reason behind what you're doing, if it is to have some kind of big break to get popular, to get whatever, uh, it's kind of the wrong thing to do. If on the other hand, your motivation is let me see what I can do to help others to be yes. able to influence this particular area, you know, that I, I can say something because I have something inside of me that I want to get out. I want to say this. I want, you know, there's something that I can't help but talk about, you know, or I can't help but draw. I can't help but paint, you know. there There's something I've got to do. I have to do this. This is in me, and I want to help, and I want to show this to others. That should be your motivation. Those, those other things people, will come. When they feel that way, those are the people who generally are going to be more successful. We like to think that it's based on skills. This person's, ma- you know, is magically touched by the fairies and they are a better <laughs> artist than me. And that's why they're going to be better. No, it's because they are constant they're they're constantly moving forward they're constantly mm-hmm. looking at things passionately they're doing it because of the passion right. like youtube we i some of you guys i know have have seen what's gone on with youtube recently where they're making it so that um it's a bit more of a challenge to have your your videos monetized it's a good thing. The, the, the change was good. It's going to help the platform long term. I'm glad they did it. Um, well, it's good for advertisers, and advertisers is what you want yeah, if you want to If you're long term, if, you, if you're planning to go forward with this, um, that's a really, really big deal. Um, here's the thing with YouTube is if you do not do it because you're passionate about it, because you love it, when something like this happens, YouTube's constantly changing their platform. They're constantly doing things. Some things help us. Some things massively hurt us. Um, the unsubscribe bug is a pretty serious thing still. But, you know, you, you have certain things that are going to happen. And if you're not doing it because you're passionate, if you're not doing it because it's something you love, you're not going to last. And that's definitely true with art. Art is hard. It's not a, a constant, easy paycheck where you know, you know, in most cases, this is how much I'm going to make each week. Now, if you're teaching, yeah. you can you can control that a bit more. But I mean, when you're selling your paintings, you don't know for sure how much is going to sell. And that's a real challenge. So if you're not making the art because you love it, if you're not making the videos because you love it, you mm-hmm. it sh- not only does it show in the work, you're not going to be able to last through those really hard times. And this is a tip I wish I could give my younger self. Stop focusing on what you would do if you had more money. Instead, think about what can you do now with what you do have. That goes for art supplies. I mean, when I started out, I would have loved to have all of the brands of pencils. I would have loved to have, I I used to think if I just had more money for supplies, if I had more money for video equipment, if I had more money for these things, then I would be able to grow faster. I would be able to produce better artwork. You know what? Yes, the supplies matter to an extent. But if I would have kept wallowing in that and thinking, well, I just need to get money first, 
I would never have gotten to where I am now. You know, instead, I had to slowly make a little bit of money, save it, put that towards upgrading equipment or art supplies. It, it was a slower process. But don't let this idea of what would I do? The other thing I used to think is if I had money, I could open an art gallery and then I would sell all my paintings and then I would make lots of money and everything would be good. Not necessarily. I mean, I know I've watched an artist or I was watching a thing about an artist recently who was, she has an, a gallery that her parents helped her pay for, her family, I don't know if it was her parents, her family helped her pay for, but you look at the price of her paintings, her paintings aren't paying the rent on that building. So, I mean, even her, she had the opportunity, the money I wished I had when I was younger, you know, when I was a teenager or in my early 20s and thought if I only had the money for a gallery, that's what would make me do it. It's not, it, it didn't for her, that's not what's making her succeed. Now, whether or not she, you know, continues on and there, there's more factors on whether or not this girl will, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to succeed having the money for the things that you think you want. What you do with what you have matters so much more than anything else. Yeah. Being resourceful. What can I do right now? What is in my control right now with what I have right now? And then just moving forward. All right. So my next tip, don't expect others to help you. It's nice when they do, but that is not their role. That's not their job. Um, you see this a lot of times where someone will say, well, a big name person ought to be helping me out or, you know, uh, you know, I don't have the brakes or I, I don't have this particular advantage. I don't have this or that. I mean, fill in the blank. And, you know, they they got help when they were a smaller or when they were just starting out or they were, you know, an emerging artist. Uh, how come they're not helping me now? And here's the truth of the matter, though. We don't know. Um, if a big name artist is actually helping other people, if they're not helping you, it's it's really nothing to whine about or to you know foam at the mouth about and and to get all upset over. I just have to kind of laugh at this kind of thing. I, I'm sorry, but I mean this is this victim mentality will get us nowhere if you okay. have this kind of victim mentality and just thinking I need it, I need help, I need I need a handout, I need a a leg up here. I I cannot do this. Um, it, it doesn't get easier. The no. problems get more complex and the questions and the answers, they change. They just morph and change into something else. And so if you can't handle it when it's small, there's no guarantee. And in fact, there's more evidence you're going to struggle when they get more complex because they will. The problems will, you know, just get bigger. And so I, I just think that's something to keep in mind. You reframe this and you think, Again, what can I do right now? I don't need the help of somebody else. I need to do what I can do with what I have right now. Exactly. And and really don't assume, like John was saying, don't assume that somebody who was successful had somebody else helping them along the way. Right, right. That's an awful assumption. I unfollowed someone not too long ago because I got so sick of that. He kept commenting and commenting on how people should be helping him and, and if only people would help him. And he was so negative all the time. And it's like, no, no, just no, that is not that is not helping you. I mean, his mindset was so negative, very talented artist, but it didn't matter because his mindset was so negative that not only did it make me not want to follow him anymore, because it, it starts pulling you down. I mean, when you read things like that, it starts making you feel negative. And I don't want to feel mm -hmm. like that. But right. it was so I mean, it, it was whining that it, that's it's like, oh my gosh, come on. You've got the skill. You have the talent. You have the means. 
change your attitude. And the, right. the same person could go so far with a shift in their attitude. Okay, the next tip. Constantly adjust how you work. You've always got to work to improve and adjust your business plan and your art. There's a saying that really, really, we always want to remember. If you always do what you always did, you will always get what you always got. Definition of insanity. Yeah, I mean, you can't just keep doing the same thing. And I think this is important with business stuff, especially now. The market and how we sell art, how we market ourselves, or even with YouTube, it has changed drastically over the last 10 years. Yeah, and it's going to change again. It's going to change again. These things don't stay the same. Yeah, Yeah. if you're not ready to change, you're going to get left behind. And I've seen this with artists who were doing really, really well in, say, 2000, 2003, 4, 5. And then the the social media, everything changed. And they fell behind because they were depending on the same way to grow. And it didn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. You've constantly got to be thinking, how can I get ahead of the game? How can I? And the same thing with your art. How can you push your art forward? How can you do more with that? I mean, we're artists. We are problem solvers. That's what we do. I mean, we pick up a pencil. We shade in an area and go, oh, that's not the right color. I need this to be more green blue and this is more green yellow. How do I adjust the color? Because I don't have the exact pencil. And we're constantly solving the problem of what colors do we need? How do we want to get this to blend? How do we render this? We are problem solvers. We have to take those skills and think outside of the box when it comes to our business as well. How do we solve these problems? How can we think about things in a different way? Because just twisting the way we look at it can make all the difference in the world. The next thing you want to keep in mind is so often the reason that we're not progressing, the reason we're not getting better, whether it's art or in our business, is not usually what we think it is. An example, I've been using this example a lot lately um, for YouTubers who are having struggling because they're not growing as fast as they want. We often like to blame things that aren't the real reason of why something's not going well for us. So I'm not selling enough artwork because of this reason, which in reality had nothing to do with that. It was more likely the way they were marketing themselves, not because their artwork was great and people were jealous. I've actually seen people say that. People are just jealous of my artwork. Um... Probably not. Now, I'm not saying their artwork's bad. I'm saying that's probably not the reason. You know, an example that I keep using is, let's say you come into my house and I punch you in the face and you get mad at me. Oh my gosh, you punched me in the face because I'm wearing a blue shirt. No, the blue shirt had nothing to do with my reason to hit you. The reason was, apparently I have violent issues. No, the reason was you broke into my house. It had nothing to do with the blue shirt. And we like to attribute the wrong thing as the reason and the fact is we're just yeah we set up a false yeah we set up a false dichotomy and th- this is uh, poor logic and i mean we can do this but we have to know that this is something that happens to us is it we'll use faulty logic in order to protect ourselves from the truth from exactly. the real reason of what what something really is what's really going on and we can't fool ourselves because we're not fooling anyone else everyone else it's obvious it's the emperor's new clothes yeah it's easy to want to make the reason that we're failing something that is outside of our control. Right. And that right. is almost never the case. I mean, it could be the case in a few instances, but more often than not, it is within our control. We just don't want yes. to change. So, yeah, most of the time we have some control and some agency over things. And I've been uh, been guilty of this big time. I mean, there have been so many times when I look back at YouTube where I just didn't really understand why I wasn't growing at the rate that I thought I should or the rate that I wanted to. And I would use the excuse like, okay, YouTube changed, so it's not notifying my subscribers. Yes, that was true. That did happen. But because I used that as an excuse, I didn't realize, you know what? 
I'm not editing my video very well. I'm wording things in a way it, it's boring. This is on me. This is on my growth, right? Because you, when you start to look around and you see other artists zoom past you and subscribers, you have to stop and think, okay, maybe it's not YouTube. Maybe it is me. Maybe I can adjust the way that I'm editing, the way that I'm presenting the information, the way that I'm doing things, maybe that really does fall on me and I need to stop looking and saying, yeah, okay, yeah, if YouTube changed certain things, it would make it easier on me or if they went back the way things used to be. But they constantly change and I have to be ready to change with them and I didn't and that is on that is absolutely on me. But I didn't see it for so many years that I think that really kind of stalled what the growth rate could have been because I wasn't willing to look at it and go, I need to make some changes. If I change this, that would help. Instead, I sat there going, oh, no, it's because YouTube changed the way we come up on their algorithms and blah, blah, blah. Yes, that is true. Just like the blue shirt. Yes, you were wearing a blue shirt when I hit you, but it wasn't the reason that I hit you. So our last point here. So how much content or artwork are you really creating? Do you really create? You know, if you're only doing two a year and you're really not even uh, trying to reach out and trying to, uh, you know, get some new work or get commissions or whatever it is you do, um, you know, that's probably not a, not going to get you very far. Uh, it doesn't matter what the skill level is and how awesome they really are. If that's all you're doing, that's the quantity that you're doing, then the art business is just not going to take off real, real fast. Um, you're more of a hobbyist if that's the case. And if that's, if that's the limit of your business even is this artwork that you produce and you're only doing a few a year, then it, you know, it, it doesn't matter how you slice that, that. That's the cold reality that that's all you're doing. It just it's just not going to work out very well. And that's not to say you if you're a hobbyist, that is fine. If that's all you're oh, producing yeah. and you're yeah. doing it for the simple joy of it, that is absolutely fine. There's no rush. You enjoy what you're doing. What we're talking about more is for those who are trying to grow a business and eventually, right. you know, make a living or at least, yeah. you know, part-time living, doing this, you you have or to create have, a body of work, yes. you know. You've got to have a lot of work. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with there's no big break. You're not just going to produce one amazing painting. And I used to think this too. I was going to get a really good idea. It's going to make this amazing painting or drawing. Everyone was going to love it. I was going to sell prints like crazy. Everyone was going to... That really doesn't happen. It's just mm -hmm. not the reality. It doesn't mean that you're not producing amazing content, but if you're not producing very much of it, then you you become irrelevant. The way that social media works, the way that we grow, you're not relevant anymore. If you want to stay relevant, you have to constantly be producing new new stuff. All right. So, you know, just to sum up, so we talked about mindset. Really what we're talking about here is limiting beliefs. And here's the thing about limiting beliefs they are true. They do have some truth in them, but they're not the entire truth and they're not the final story. And so we have to take control over those things, face the limiting belief, reframe it and tell ourselves, I have some things that I can do. I can work within the parameters given and then reframe exactly what those things really are and tell ourselves something that is more truthful than what we may have been telling ourselves in the past. All right, so maybe you have something you would love to add to this conversation and we want to hear that. You can reach out to us on Twitter, Lisa's at Lockery. I'm at Sharpened Artist. On Facebook, we have a group over there uh, in the Colored Pencil Podcast Group is what it's called. And you can post a question or a comment over there. We'd love to hear that. You can email us, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. And this is a weekly show, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.